0: Progressive Casualty Insurance Company & Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Success
1: is not a destination. It is a mindset. And so when you think that it's no hope, there is no possibilities, you have to remember that no matter where you are, you are a success. You are successful first and foremost, because success is all in the mind.
0: now what's cracking welcome to the Jim Rome podcast episode 243 i am joined this week by a former first round pick of the philadelphia eagles marcus smith however we are not here to talk just football at least not in the way you might expect because my conversation with marcus is much bigger than football it's about mental health depression anxiety about hitting rock bottom and more importantly about bouncing back and overcoming and finding a purpose It's about taking all that pain and turning it into purpose. So let's get right to it. It's episode 243 with former NFLer Marcus Smith, and it's coming at you right now. Marcus, I know you're in Dubai right now on vacation, and it's very late at night. So let me just say, I was really eager to meet you, speak with you, because I feel like this is a really critical conversation. Man, thank you so much for doing this. How are you, and how is everything?
1: Man, thanks for having me, man. Everything is pretty pretty good, man. And uh, obviously, I'm all all across the the world, but I, I really appreciate the opportunity. And the opportunity to just be able to speak with you and talk to you about, you know, some of the things that are going on.
0: No, I appreciate that, too. So why don't we go back? I think your story, Marcus, is it's harrowing and it's inspiring both at the same time. If you were to take us back to the beginning, you grew up in Columbus, Georgia. What was that like for you?
1: Man, it, it was actually Columbus, Georgia is a sports world. Like, you know, we're football fanatics down there, uh, Auburn, Georgia, Georgia Tech, all those type type of feel. And, you know, for me growing up in, in Columbus, Georgia, it was, uh, you know, one of those things where football was kind of like the only way out. Like everybody looked at their sports as like a, a place where, you know what, I could probably make it in the NFL or maybe the NBA, but that's kind of like how it was, man. And I feel like that was maybe like the only option. we felt like that maybe that was the only option to be able to get out uh, and be able to make something of ourselves and, uh, and and be able to find our our purpose through that. So uh, the city of Columbus is kind of, you know, they, they made me into the person that I am today, especially with my parents, uh, you know, my father and my, and my mother, and, and me being able to continue to push forward to, um, doing the things that i'm doing now
0: you know marcus so often you hear you hear that right it's a way out or we felt like this was our way out but if you break that down i mean how much pressure as a young person did you feel to make it out of that neighborhood and that that was your way out what's that like that pressure
1: man it was it was actually uh, a lot of pressure just just growing up you know dealing with Anxiety and depression. Not really understanding, you know, that's what I was dealing with at the time. Um, I, uh, I, my first anxiety attack when I, I was eight years old, um, and not realizing that um, it, it was actually the an issue. And then over time, it turned into uh, a depressive state, and I just felt like that um, it was weighing on me heavy uh, to be able to complete uh, something that nobody in my family had, had ever ever complete. Um, I was the first person in my family to ever. Get to this, the the highest pinnacle of my career, um, so I didn't really have uh, a lot of people to actually go to to talk to about, you know, what to expect and the things that 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 it was going to come about with that. And so I, I just think that with, you know, all the things that we deal with growing up and not knowing some of the things that we do know now, um, you look back and you like, well, man, I wish I would have had the help. I wish I would have had the resources uh, to combat some of the things that I was feeling. And, uh, you know, maybe I wouldn't have been in those situations. But at the same time, you know, I think God's put us in those those situations for a reason, you know, so we can, you know, go through those tough, those struggles uh, to be able to do what we're doing now and be able to be a voice for people now so um, we can help people heal and, and actually help people you know, get through those tough times. And so they won't be on the other side of, uh, you know, maybe suicide or maybe, you know, doing something to themselves that, you know, they will will, will regret.
0: Okay, so there's so much in that that I want to respond to and I want to ask you about, but I want to start first with what you said. You said you had your first anxiety attack when you were eight. What was that like? What was the episode like, and what do you remember about that?
1: Man, so I was at my grandmother's house, and uh, I actually— I had just got done watching the movie John Q. If you guys, if anybody can remember the movie John Q, uh, it was a kid who, uh, he needed a heart transplant. And, uh, you know, me looking at that and me watching that as a kid, uh, I didn't didn't realize how that actually affected me as, you know, being eight years old, and me uh, not realizing that, you know, I had an issue, you know, myself. And so, uh if 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 people could you know go on this walk with me and you talk about anxiety anxiety is like what's to come and you're thinking about things that are going to happen that hasn't happened yet so at the time i was at my grandmother's house thinking about things that could possibly happen um just even with just watching that movie and and uh you know anxiety is like you know your chest is is caving in and, and you just feel like you can't breathe and you can't Uh, get any oxygen, but it's really just all psychological. It's all within your mind. And I I thought that, you know, I was dying at that point in time. And that's kind of like what people describe as anxiety, the the feeling of you feeling like you're about to die. And when, you know, that happens, you actually come down and you realize that uh, it wasn't that serious. But these things happen again and again over time. And you try to figure out, like, why are these things continuing to happen to me? Well, um, you know, anxiety is, is a lot of worriedness that you that you think in, in your head. And so that's that's where where, you know, the underlying things that, you know, we want to continue to talk about and try to get through because as football players especially, you know, we have that a lot um uh, in the locker room.
0: So, I mean, it was not a one-off. Like, you thought you were dying. It kept happening. Those around you didn't really understand it. You didn't understand it, and yet you continue on, right? And you go to college. You become a star in the college game. And then you're taken in the first round by the Philadelphia Eagles. So at that point, in 2014, Marcus, like, when you made it, quote, like, you made it out. You made it to the league. You made it. Did that fix everything, or maybe did it just make it all worse?
1: Man, uh what you just said, it's it's like you think that it's it's almost like a band-aid, right? And so you you go throughout your life, and I always explain it like this, you know, you go throughout your life, you um, you're able to roll out of bed um, as a kid and you're able to go without stretching. You know, you can run and do the things that you want to do without having to stretch. But then as you get older, as you get to the lead. As you get to college, you have to start taking care of your body because you can't just roll out of bed and start stretching. So it's the same thing with your mental. It's the same thing with your, your brain. It's like, hey, like I can suppress all of these issues. I can suppress my depression. I can suppress my anxiety growing up, and I can still move forward, and it won't affect me as much. But now you you move and you get drafted in the first round. You You, you have all these things that are bombarding you, um, that are, are added on to your stress. And so as I get to uh, the highest pinnacle of my career, of course, it was it was so much uh, more that was on me that was more expected of me too as well. And that took a toll on me. And I, and I really, uh, it was hard for me to deal with. And, and I dealt with it, you know, for a couple of years, but I would, you know, sit in my room and just cry because, you know, I didn't necessarily know still At the time that I I had a problem and I never addressed the issue till it was almost too late.
0: All right. So to that point, like you knew you had a problem, but you didn't know what the problem was and you didn't address it until it was almost too late. Before we talk about why it was almost too late, why did you not ask for help? Why was it so hard for you to ask for help?
1: Because so we play this barbaric sport. And as a man, just a a man in general, we grow up uh, to, you know, suck it up, to tough it out, to just, you know, not say anything, you know, and and as men, we always, when people ask us questions, we always say, hey, I'm good, I'm good, I'm good, because that's what we've been taught, just as a man, no matter if you're black, white, you know, Asian, and, and different, it doesn't matter. Like, as men, we always Go to the I'm good, and and I didn't want my my teammates, I didn't want the owners, I didn't want the the general managers to think that I'm weak, and think that you know I had some type of mental issue um, that would hinder the team, that would hinder us from going forward to doing what you know we had set out to do as a team, because we all know that you know owners and, and general managers they want uh, mentally tough people, but we have to read define what mentally tough is and that's just why I didn't say anything because I had a different definition of what mentally tough was at the time and um, you know I never said anything even to my teammates like I would talk to Brandon Graham all the time uh, uh, Trent Cole I would talk to them all the time but I would never go into detail what I was actually dealing with at home before I would come to uh, the facility because it was you know at the time it was just embarrassing and, you know, I didn't think nobody else was going through that. But, man, when, when I actually set myself free and, uh, and I actually, you know, started to speak about it, I realized that more guys deal with that than not. And I'm not alone in this.
0: Clones, what do we want? when we're craving protein or we need more energy. Not bars, not sugary snacks, not energy drinks. No, we want beef. Pure and simple. So where's the beef? It's in a package of Old Trapper beef jerky. Old Trapper is not your father's jerky, shriveled, dry, and tasteless. Old Trapper beef jerky is made from lean strips of steak and quality spices that are smoked over a real wood fire. So it's tender and it's tasty. It's not tough. And why is it so good? Because Old Trapper is a 50 year old family business known for their relentless commitment to quality. They take smoked beef extremely seriously, and you can taste it in every single bite. Old Trapper is packed with protein, and it comes in four amazing flavors that satisfy all your cravings. Quality smoked meat at its finest that goes with you wherever you go, to the game, to the gym, to the beach. Look for Old Trapper in the Clearview bag. That way you can see the quality you're buying. Look for it in major retail stores near you. If you don't see it, ask for it by name because no other jerky compares. Oh, Trapper, what's your beef? Marcus, before we talk about that, and I, want, I will circle back to what you said, we have to redefine what mental toughness is. I think that's really important what you just said. However, you ultimately ended up with Seattle, and then you talk about the facility. You wrote about this in the Players' Tribune, but you talked about the morning of August 16th, 2018. You were driving from your house to the Seahawks facility, a drive that you had made so many times before, but that morning was different. You had made a dramatic decision that morning. What was it,
1: man? So I'll tell you like this, man. So I had just signed a two point seven million dollar deal with the Seattle Seahawks. It was uh, a deal that basically said, "Hey, if you do really well, we can extend you." Um, it was it was a deal that actually, you know, really was making my career uh, be able to go on the, uh, on the up and up. Um, and I just felt like I was going in a great place, but I still hadn't addressed the true issue, which which was anxiety and which was depression. Obviously, anxiety, depression uh, is mirrored with each other a lot of times. And, and anybody who goes to therapy, uh, the therapist would tell them that. And um, I just got I was just fed up and I was just tired because I was going through the same things. And the year before, in my fourth year, when I had went to Seattle from uh, Philadelphia, I tried to quit. The year before but i ended up sticking it out but this this year in particular i couldn't do it anymore and i just felt like something was wrong with me i just felt like you know what is going on with me that i can't you know do my job to the best of my ability you know i want this as bad as anybody but i just can't seem to uh eat i can't seem to get any sleep um, i'm having anxiety attacks at, at night in my sleep um, so i'm running on fumes Uh, maybe one or one and a half hour of sleep. And, you know, when you're in camp, you have to get your rest. You have to have all these things into play. uh, If you want to be the best possible player and, and, and a teammate that you can possibly be. And so I was so frustrated and so tired of it. And I was so worn out um, to the point where um, I woke up one morning. I looked at my wife uh, on the end of the bed and, um, you know, I gave her a kiss on on the head and I got in the car and I started to drive the same way that I go every day. And as I started to drive, uh, you know, as you can, if you can go down this like memory path with me, um, it's like uh, I'm going down this hill and it's like rocks on the side. And, um, you know, if you go over these rocks, man, you know, that's it. And so I started to tip my car because I was just tired of the pain, the pain that came along with it. That's what really was was getting to me. And I'm a very God-fearing man. But, you know, I was so far gone to the point where I was ready to end my life and just, you know, just end it right there and just forget, you know, everything and just end the pain. And so as I started to tip my car, my wife, um, she calls me. And so I, I jumped the car back out of frustration because she calls me every day before I go to the facility and she asks me hey you you alright and I rush off the phone because I'm trying to proceed to do what I'm going to do cuz like I said I am in pain I, I I can't do this anymore so after that I rush off the phone and I start to tip my car again and so then my mother-in-law calls me and so now I jerk the car back out of frustration again um, just just being scared and by the time we were finished talking, I was at the bottom of the hill. And that's when I realized that I actually had an issue because I couldn't believe that I had got so far gone to the point where I was ready to end my own life. And on that day, I went into the facility, talked to Pete Carroll, I talked to Clint Hurt, who is the defensive coordinator with the Seahawks now. And I said, football is not more important than my mental health and I and I need help.
0: This message is sponsored by Discover. Did you know you could reduce the number of unwanted calls and emails with online privacy protection, the latest innovation from Discover? Discover will help you regularly remove your personal info, like your name and address, from 10 popular people search websites that could sell your data, and they will do it for free. Activate in the Discover app and see terms and learn more at discover.com slash online privacy protection. Marcus, the story is so terrifying. I want to make sure the listeners really understand what was going on. Like your car was teetering over a cliff. And when your wife called, she was actually seven months pregnant with your first child. You actually rushed her off the phone, as you pointed out. I mean, you were obviously in that dark of a place. And you didn't tell her what you were thinking or what you were going to do, right?
1: No, I didn't. I I kept it on the surface with her because it's like she's pregnant. Um, and, you know, we all know that, you know, when our women are pregnant, you you don't want anything to, to stress them out. You don't want their stress levels to get too high um, because that can affect the baby. So at the time, I would keep everything on the surface. And she was actually the first person to tell me, like, hey, man, you might be dealing with anxiety. But I didn't tell her how deep it was or how deep it had gotten. And she would be the ones to watch me every night, wake up out of my sleep, having a panic attack and anxiety attack. She would watch that. Um, but she didn't necessarily know exactly, um, you know, what I was dealing with with that. And um, she was she was definitely she was pregnant. And I, I even at the time, I, I just didn't that, that wasn't that was not nowhere on my mind. On my, the only thing on my mind was to, you know, figure out how to get get rid of the pain.
0: So one more thought about that. If when you hung up the phone with her and then your mother in law called, if your mother in law does not call you in that moment, are you and I having this conversation right now?
1: No, I don't think so. Um we if it hadn't been for my mother in law, um, I don't think we are having this conversation. But it was a reason why uh she called me and the reason why um uh, we are having this conversation because we all know that, you know, mental health is, you know, if not the biggest, one of the biggest things that you know people do talk about today. And and you know, God had to use me to be able to be a voice for that, and to be able to help guys, be able to navigate. Um, that's why I became a life coach. That's why I do what I do now, because I have to be a bridge, if you will, um, for for people and and athletes to be able to get, you know, the healing that they solely. Desire, because a lot of us won't speak up, you know. And uh, I just think it's important for us to to do so because it'll it'll help us tremendously. And like we talked about before, redefining, you know, what mental toughness is uh, is you know your vulnerability, you being able to be vulnerable and speaking your truth, because ultimately the truth will you know it will set you free. And I know that's like cliche, but it's it's truly it truly will set you free and it will help you out tremendously.
0: So when you went to therapy, what did therapy do for you? And what did you learn about yourself and your anxiety in therapy?
1: Man. So I, I was blaming everything on football. Like I said, I, I was, I, when I walked in, I told my therapist that like football is the reason why I'm going through this. Like, I can't believe like football is doing this to me. Like, I can't. And, what I learned was it was it was all it was all about me. It was it was about everything that I had been through. It was about the anxiety that had started when I was eight that I never addressed, and I was like, "Wow!" Like I had been suppressing this 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 thing for years, and I, I always talk about it like this: like you push these things to the back of your brain, right? Your brain is 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 something that is so complex and and great and it and, and, and is a gift to you. And you push these things to the back of your brain. So it's like in your memory box. And sometimes you forget about them and you just keep pushing forward. You just keep going throughout your day. But at some point it's gonna resurface itself and come back to the front. Um, whether or not it's a traumatic thing that happened in your life, whatever that is. And that's what would happen to me over time. It would creep back up and then I will go through it and I will push it back again. And it would creep back up. And then what happened was, as I got older, when I couldn't deal with it anymore, I had to speak on it. I had to talk to the therapist about it and and stop feeling shameful about it and stop feeling like something was wrong with me. And once I did that, um, it helped me discover uh, some of the the problems that, uh, you know, I was dealing with and what I got diagnosed with. I actually got diagnosed with uh, PTSD, anxiety disorder, depression disorder. So I'm like, wow. So now that I know what is up against, I can fight this battle each and every day. And because we all know that mental health is not something that just goes away. It's, it's an actual journey that you have to, to go through and to be able to combat each and every day. And so that's what I learned. And once I learned that, um, I started to do therapy. At least I was doing therapy once a week at the time. Now I'm doing therapy at least twice a month. And I just continue to stay on top of it and use these the, the positive self-talk, the the journaling, the reinforcement to be able to speak my truth and talk about it. And, and, and me even talking to you right now, Jim, is, is like freeing for me because I get the opportunity to speak about it again. And it helps me out a lot every time I speak about it.
0: All right. So... I have used antiperspirant sticks for years, but what is amazing about Dove Men Dry Spray is that it feels light and clean on your skin, and it's also quick and easy to use, and it's great for topping up when you're on the go. Now, let me ask you this. Do you feel like your antiperspirant keeps you dry all day? Dove Men Plus Care Dry Spray has an instantly drying antiperspirant formula that can help give you a cleaner feel and offers 48, I said 4-8, hours sweat and odor protection. Dove Men Dry Spray feels light and clean on your skin, and it is so quick and easy to use, especially when you're on the go. Also, Dove Men Dry Spray contains Dove's unique one-quarter moisturizing cream that helps to protect your skin. It leaves your skin feeling comfortable, and it helps to protect it. Win, win, win. Try Dove Men Dry Spray. Goes on dry, clean feel all day. Marcus, I would imagine it. It helps you out, and I can't even begin to imagine how many people are hearing it and it's helping them out because of what you just said. I think a lot of people probably, and I'm just this is just me, my observation, and they're thinking I'm the only one, or I can't share this, or they wouldn't understand. Like you even write and talk about when you were in the league sometimes, and by the way, going back to what you said, that like when you were in camp and you were getting by on an hour and an hour and a half of sleep, and then you couldn't keep food down, so thereby your diet and your nutrition were really jacked up. I, I can't even imagine how you functioned, much less tried to play in the NFL in a cycle like that. And I would imagine that it kind of perpetuated itself, right? Like it would make it even worse because you weren't sleeping and you weren't eating. But you also say that when you were in the league, you were afraid to go to sleep because you would wake up in the middle of the night with your Heart pounding out of your chest, thinking I could lose everything. I I would imagine there have got to be other guys in the league, much less life, but in the league that feel the same way, right? That aren't coming forward. How many guys do you think are like that?
1: Man, uh, I would say half of the team, because you got you got to think about the NFL in itself. You got to think about uh, you know not everybody is solidified on a team. You know, people are trying to make rosters. People are um, you know, trying to feed their families. People are doing this. Like, they're, they're taking on what I call the Kobe mentality. It's like, I'm going to do everything in my power to um, make sure that I'm on a roster and that I'm doing uh, what I want to do as far as um, playing in the NFL. And sometimes the cookie doesn't always crumble, uh, you know, the person's way. is sometimes, it, you know, fate or, you know, depending on what the team needs, they don't get the opportunity. And so um, the anxiety that people feel through that is like, wow, like, you know, I don't even know if I'm going to be able to feed my family. I don't even know. This is a dream that I, I I wanted to shoot for, but I may not get the opportunity to be able to do so. And that puts a lot of guys in a de- depressive state because I, what I do is I, I look at not the big name guys, but the people that maybe play one to two years or three years, right? That don't get the opportunity really to keep playing. Those are the guys that really deal with it even the more because they're they're done with the game before they actually want to. And so when you look at it, you have a team of fifty-three people. Well, your core guys are solidified, right? You have, you have your, your core guys who are solidified, but even the people that, that are like on one year contracts, their contracts are not guaranteed. They're walking around on edge and always have a feeling of man, could I get cut today or could I get cut tomorrow? So I just think there's a lot of guys who, uh, are afraid to say anything because they don't want it to get back upstairs. Because if it gets if it gets back upstairs, then that could maybe derail them from getting the starting job or, or getting a job that they want in the future. So they continue to suppress until it's, you know, it's like like me, almost, almost too late. And you know, I want them to 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 be able to just go talk to somebody, talk to somebody who is unbiased and just let it out and just get it out there because it'll help you in the long run.
0: I was going to say, Marcus, for anybody listening, be it a player or anybody else, what would you tell somebody who is really in it, right? Really struggling, doesn't know where to turn, doesn't know what to do, maybe even feels like there is no hope. What do you tell that person?
1: I would tell them, man, that success is not a destination. It is a mindset. And so when you think that it's no hope and that there is nothing out there there's no possibilities you have to remember that no matter where you are you are a success you are successful first and foremost because success is all in in the mind so wherever you are in life whatever you're doing you are successful and so we always think that when we have to get to a certain place to reach a certain success, but you have to understand that success is truly the pain and the, the, the struggle and the triumph that you go through along the way in order to get to your purpose. So once you get through this part and you actually start to, to, to actually seek the help that you solely desire, you're going to find your purpose through that. And then you're going to figure out like why you want to be on this earth. And so a lot of times when you see guys, that's what the, the question is. It's like, okay, why am I here? Like when you when when a person wants to commit suicide, that's the first question that they ask. They say, hey, why am, why am I here? Well, why, why why do why do I need to be here? Well, the reason that you're here is because you are going through some things right now, but it's it's only to help you and to help you. Prove that you will begin to find your purpose through that. And so that's just what I would tell them. And that's what, kind of what I just tell, you know, guys now, man, look, you know, football is not the all in be all, but you can use that to continue to push forward for your gift and find your purpose, even though, um, you know, things may not go your way. I think we all deal with that. But I just want you to know, man, that you are not alone. And I mean, I'm, I'm doing it with you each and every day.
0: So what is the fastest ball sport in the world? Not baseball, not tennis. In fact, it is the sport of Jailai, spelled J-A-I-A-L-A-I, originating in the Basque region of Spain. And played professionally in the U.S., most notably in the 1980s. Highlight is making an unprecedented comeback. The ball reaches speeds of 150 miles per hour. The action is intense. The danger factor is high. Six-person teams of professional athletes play the sport at the Magic City Fronton in Miami, Florida. I invite you to check out all the action Monday and Tuesday at 5 p.m. and Friday night at 7 p.m. Go to HighliWorld.com or download the free Highlight app in the app store the sport with its intensity and athleticism is well worth watching check out all the action at highlightworld.com matches are played similar to tennis with a player or team required to win two sets to win a match each set is played up to six points it is a sport you need to check out highlightworld.com monday and tuesday at 5 p.m friday at 7 p.m I mean, you've proven it. It's football is not the end all be all. So before you leave, I want to ask you, like to your point, Marcus, it's it's something you're still working on and dealing with, right? For instance, do you ever still wake up in the middle of the night with your heart racing?
1: Yeah, man, I do. It's 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 not as often. Um and I thank God that it's you know, and it's not as often. Um, but I have to continue to work at it. Um, I have to continue to speak to myself positively. Um, I still have to continue to speak truth. Um, I still have to talk to a therapist and I still have to do journaling. Um, And those are the things that help me because now a lot of times when you have anxiety you are, your thoughts are racing and you take that to bed with you. And when you take that to bed with you, you don't realize in your sleep you're still, your, your, your brain is not shut off. And so that's what happens when you wake up and you actually uh, you know, have your anxiety, attack because your brain is not shut off. And so what happens is, or what helps me is that I, I put that on a piece of paper, you put it on a piece of paper, whatever you have in your head, whatever you're thinking about, put it on paper. And then that allows the thoughts to be on paper and they, they are removed from your brain to paper. And so that's, that's kind of what I do, what I do now. And it's, it's a journey. Like I said, it's a journey. Um, and, Uh, It's going to continue to be a journey, but it will be a fulfilling journey, knowing what you know and not being oblivious to what you may be going through
0: very clearly. And I think people have reached out to you and said how much of a difference you've made to them already. I guarantee people listening today are going to say the exact same thing. I said at the very top that it's a really harrowing, but inspiring story at the same time, but it is a journey. Marcus, I want to say one more time. I know you're across the world. I know you're with your family. I know you're on vacation. I know it's really late at night, but I really wanted to meet you. I really wanted to have this conversation. I'm so glad that we did, man. I appreciate you so much. And I really do appreciate you doing this, Marcus. Thank you very much for this.
1: Man, appreciate you. Just hope that I can help somebody and continue to push this forward. So thank you, man. I really can, appreciate can it. Can
0: I ask you really quickly, can if somebody listening wants to reach out to you, are you open to that sort of thing? Can they find you on social media? What should they do?
1: Yeah, so so you can you can reach out to me. Uh I have a you know foundation. The 501C, which is um, we unmask the feelings that cause anxiety, depression, through, uh, you know, podcasts, through um, just speaking uh, and, and creating awareness. So my the, the, the page is, is called The Circle of Them. Um, so you can go to it on Instagram. It's on Twitter, too, The Circle of Them. Um, and uh, it's just, you know, whoever wants to step into the circle and, and be vulnerable. And it doesn't matter, you know, who you are. Um, you know, I, I just want to leave that door open for people. And then, you know, just my regular handle is MoneyMark91. So those are the two handles where you can find me, MoneyMark91 and, and the circle of them. And then you'll see our content, the, the content where where I'm I'm talking to different NFL players. I'm talking to them about their different experiences. I'm talking to, you know, different entertainers and, and things of that nature. And you can see uh, what different people go through and, and you might resonate with that and it might help you hearing somebody else uh talk about their struggles
0: no doubt about that nobody is alone in that regard marcus thank you so much great to have you on
1: man thank you so much appreciate it.
0: did you know that a fire department responds to a fire every 23 seconds smoke and carbon monoxide alarms help provide an early warning in the event of a home emergency Having enough first alert smoke and carbon monoxide alarms is one of the best things that you can do for your home and your family. So install alarms on every single level and in every bedroom of your home. Once the alarms are installed, it's then important to maintain them by testing them with regularity. And remember, alarms do not last forever and they need to be replaced. Also, please remember, alarms don't last forever and they need to be replaced at least every 10 years. If you cannot remember the last time you replaced your alarm, it is best to replace the unit completely. For a replacement option, my favorite is First Alert's 10-Year Sealed Battery Alarms. 10-Year Sealed Battery Alarms are convenient, and they eliminate the need for battery replacements for an entire decade. For more information on fire safety products, safety tips, and educational activities that you can do at home with your family, go to FirstAlert.com slash Fire Prevention Month. Never, ever easy to discuss your deepest, darkest, and most vulnerable moments in any context at all, let alone on a platform like this. So many thanks to Marcus for showing up and being an inspiration. There is no telling how many people he helped with that conversation and for making this connection from halfway across the world. Great respect and admiration to him for that. If you're interested in hearing more premium, extended, and best of all, free conversations, then you're going to want to stick around and consider subscribing because we are breaking out a brand new episode every single week. So find the subscribe button, smash that subscribe button, and in the meantime, I'm going to leave you with your voicemails.
2: First new message. Hello, give me Jim Rome in the comfort of home or in the car Monday through Friday. Online, I'm waiting to talk to the king. Rack me, don't run me, LB. Oh, Jim roams on the brain. I call, Commander Tom says, no way. Frit takes my call. He says, don't stumble, don't fall. Keep the energy, just land the plane. Goodbye. Message deleted. Next message.
1: Hey, Rome, Richie and Jacksonville. I can't watch this
2: LSU-Alabama game without hearing
1: family in my mind all game long. Thanks a lot, dude.
2: Message saved. Next message. Romy, Justin and Melbourne. You know, the head better step his game up. I never really heard about these dog washes. And then all of a sudden, I'm driving the roads here in Florida, and I've seen like three of them. I mean, head. You better get your permitting going, bro, because this could be a fad because everybody's doing it now. I mean, you're not the original guy to come up with this idea. So if you want to make some money before every Tom, Dick, and Harry put one up on every corner, you got to get going. Message saved. Next message. Rome, what's up? Mike in Detroit. I know you love this old geezer, but what's with Al Michaels and this horrible broadcast and these dismal Thursday
1: games? Dude is totally disinterested. Nice cash grab. He only wakes up briefly if the point spread is in some sort of danger. Outro.
2: Message deleted. Next message.
1: Van Smack.
2: Remember old red ass Sabin saying Texas A&M bought their entire recruiting class? Just where the hell did they buy them from? Kmart. Three and six. Five game losing streak. Goodness. Message saved next message jim jimmery jim jimmery jim 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 roo lance and okc i know you're a big iphone fan but just jim make sure when you're in an apple store you don't fart (laughs) they don't have any windows (laughs) message deleted you have no more
0: messages okay picture this